0: From a whisper to a roar, our voice has grown in strength and volume. Echoes from our past guide our future as we explore the woman's voice. Well, this morning is a special morning for me and I've been watching this lady grow for many, many years and I am really excited to have her joining me today. She is making some changes across the globe. Miss Hazel Harrington, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa. It's such a pleasure being on your program today and I was looking forward to uh, meeting you this morning and, yeah, it's
0: exciting well already i'm in love with your dulcet tones you have a fantastic radio voice so if you ever want to go into something different i think the radio would be amazing you've just got such a beautiful voice oh thank you
1: i look into that
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have have you ever uh sung before did is that part of your heritage
1: No, not really Um, I love singing at church Um, I don't have a magnificent voice Um, I'll sing along with a group behind me Um, Alone in the shower, but not really
0: Yeah, well, you should try it one day Or maybe come and have some singing lessons one day
1: (laughs) I'll do that, I'll do that
0: (laughs) Hazel, how has your voice led you here today?
1: Fantastic question you know lisa um i had an event this week and i was so busy and i opened my email and there was an award staring at me from bahrain and i was nominated um, uh, for the top 100 most successful women in the world and i was like wow and you know i look back on my entrepreneurial journey and i realized that it was my voice you know, that got me where I am today. It was my voice in Africa that led me to Australia for us to meet, you know. And if I had not spoken up in Zimbabwe for women, then I wouldn't be here. And when I was in Zimbabwe seven years ago, before I moved to Australia, I started a charity called Destiny Arise, and I started doing business workshops for women. And I also started going into the prisons. I always give my testimony of uh, my fear of speaking to men and i was like I'm i'm not i was like so fearful i was afraid just going to the prisons you've been locked up you know the doors locked and been in a confined place and i was like how am i gonna do this but you know what you asked me a question earlier i had an appointment with myself I was like, if I don't overcome my fears, I'm not going to achieve anything. I'm not going to become the leader that I want to be. How am I going to create change even for these women that I'm speaking to? And so I had to overcome my fears and I was a very passive um, uh, individual. I, I, I couldn't say no to people. I couldn't even instruct you know, uh, my employees and I had to overcome those fears. And it was that journey, empowering women, going into prison, speaking to men. Because the the reality is, is that we're coming from a culture where women are only allowed to be seen and not heard. So what am I going to say to the men, you know? But guess what? They listened. And and, and the first time I spoke to them, they started singing and rejoicing. And they were saying, you've got to come back. So what am I saying, Lisa, is that there's that element of fear before we dive into anything, before we want to venture into anything, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what will people say, and the fear of failure. And you know, the first time I did it, it wasn't perfect. I'm sure the first time you started the podcast, it wasn't perfect, you know? And what I love about social media now is that if, if, if you go online and you are your true authentic self, that's what people like. And that's what people need to understand is that is that we've gone from that phase of wanting people to be perfect, but to be authentic and unique. And the only area where it needs to change, and I'm speaking to the young girls that are listening, is the magazine covers. You know? Mm-hmm. I was reading earlier on today about American Idol and then we've got a big girl singing there and she's been body shamed because of her body, but she's got an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. You're a singer. What has the voice got to do with her body? So that needs to change as women. Mm-hmm. And I was disgusted that it is women that are body shaming, the same woman, you know, so,
0: yeah. Wow, you've just covered so many um, topics that I could go down the path of. But one I suppose that's most important to me is, is about People getting women getting up on stage and feeling confident and not feeling like they're going to be shamed. I see a disconnect going on, Hazel, in the female empowerment community where it is all about supporting our sisters. And yet we're still coming up against that unconscious or conscious bias against judgment women placing judgment on other women and you know you talk about um, American Idol but this happens across the board everywhere how are we going to change that from a female perspective?
1: Yeah I think the only way we're going to change that is by shaping attitudes and mindsets because the reality is is that we learn this from when we're in school, when we're young, that everything, I I think I mentioned it earlier, that everything has to be perfect. You have to be perfect in order to get this role. And um, I'm I'm gonna say this out of love, is that the sad reality also, Lisa, is is that a lot of people are aspiring to get to the top. And they think that uh, by associating themselves with a celebrity and uh, by becoming a millionaire, that's that's the definition of success so it's all it's all part of the the same circle of what i would say and i've been there i've interviewed celebrities i've seen their lifestyles i've been to uh, celebrity parties and been in a room with 40 or so celebrities and i'm back here they in la and guess what? I'm still the same person. It hasn't changed me. That definition of success. I'm still Hazel, and I've just realised is that people have different definitions of success. But what is success? success.
0: What's your definition? What's your <laughs> definition of success.
1: Yeah. Success is about being happy, um, uh, physically, mentally, um, psych- psychologically, and also happy with in 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 your family environment that's what i call success you know Mm -hmm. and being with people that love you you know not people that um they they just uh, how can i how can i put it is that they want what you have but really don't care about you
0: yeah yeah they use you as a stepping stone don't they Mm -hmm. What was the driving force? You've come from a country and, and I'm sure that you've got so many stories that you can tell about your country, but what was the driving force coming out of your country and coming to Australia that really made you become who you are today?
1: Oh, I love that question. Uh, Lisa, I was going through a um, divorce at that time and it things weren't working I won't say divorce, but things weren't working at that time because I got divorced when I came to Australia. And like I said, I was a very uh, passive communicator, and I, I couldn't say no. But why did why was I a passive communicator? Because when I did stand up for myself, I wasn't being heard. And then I said to myself, "Well, he's not listening to me. I'm unhappy. Uh, he's constantly having affairs." And I, I, I almost had a nervous breakdown the last time I found a message in his phone. And so when I, and and, and this is the first time I'm sharing this is that when, I, when I'd confront him about an affair, he'd tell me that I'm insane. Mm-hmm. That there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And he'd play psychological games. Yes. And you know what, you'd rather keep quiet because he's, he, and he'll even embarrass me sometimes embarrass me when he does uh, maybe flirting in public or something like why did you do that and he'd be like oh look at her she's insane you know and and so I, i i i got into a shell but then what happened lisa is that i had an appointment with myself and i said is this going to be my life and my and i was you know i left when my baby was nine months and i moved into another home they were renovating because i said enough is enough there was no physical violence no but there was a lot of emotional abuse and so i moved out and he was partying in the nightclubs and i cried i bawled out in the kitchen with my baby and i said but doesn't he want us you know it even brings tears to my eyes yeah. i cried for like two hours doesn't he want us what about our family because we're three kids can't he see, I couldn't understand that somebody, you've got so much, we have had houses, millions, you know, and I'm like, can't you see what you have? But he couldn't see, he thought he was missing out, yeah. you know, in the world. And so, yeah, and then I decided um, coming to Australia. My family was here and my family were amazing. They were like, come to Australia. Uh, you can't go through that. And I uh, packed up my bags and I'll never forget this memory when I go to the airport. And I heard a lot of things about Australia, you know, people say, I oh, know they're racist or they watch, you know, because they watch the news a lot. <laughs> but as I entered, you know, uh, the waiting area for our flight to Australia, the most friendliest Australians greeted me oh, look at the baby! and they're playing with the baby and I was like, this is going to be a good
0: trip. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. When did you first realize that you have a voice that can help other women, Hazel?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I realized that I had a voice that could motivate and encourage women in Zimbabwe before I moved. But at that time, my voice was only motivating and encouraging people on stage. Like I said, at home, I didn't have a voice, you know, to speak against such Situations such as emotional abuse and stuff. And I hid it for a while. I couldn't talk about it because he was an influential man. And it was, I, I didn't want everybody to know that things were crumbling. But when I came to Australia, and I had a different mindset because in Africa they say to you know stay with your husband even if you're going through abuse stay Mm -hmm. with him culture says that you have to stay with him but I said to myself am I going to put my life and my children's life at risk by just staying with somebody so that people don't talk but when I came to Australia I went back to university at Griffith University and we started talking about gender equality Mm. started talking about um, you know culture and I had a paradigm shift and I was like I did the right thing and now I need to speak about this Mm
0: -hmm. did you find coming to Australia that there was a there was a difference in the way that women communicate here as to the way that they communicate over the in your country
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the saddest things, uh, Lisa, that I found is that uh, from the time I arrived, a lot of women are still dying from gender-based violence. A lot of women, and nothing really has changed. It is just it's, and I'm and I'm not sure if the strategies that we are using are working in Australia. Um, but in Australia, uh, a lot of the women have opportunities. Um, they have a lot of. Um, support, a, a great support system that will help them to move on, but in Africa they don't. A lot of the women are stuck in those relationships, uh, they, they they don't, we don't have a lot of organizations that will, uh, like, you, there's no center link and social welfare, and so they're just stuck, and they will just, uh, they, their husbands will continue to do what they're doing, and it's. I think one of my stories is a success story that I managed to live, mm. and uh, it's a sad situation. And I'm hoping that we can be able to help in that area in the future.
0: How do you feel your life experiences have affected the tone of your voice?
1: You know, I wasn't a very nice person, you know, when I was in Zimbabwe and going through um, a lot of uh, emotional abuse. I'll give examples, you know, like just say... um, we go visiting, and he's flirting, and I just found myself angry, a lot of resentment, bitterness, because when you can't really express yourself, you become bitter. That's what happens with passive people. You become bitter, and then now when you have a glass of wine, you express expressing all your feelings, and so that's what would happen in my relationship. I suppress things when I'm sober, you know, and then when I decide, okay, listen, let me express myself, and then I'd have maybe a bottle of my way, two glasses, and then I'm like expressing myself and everything is coming out. And the next morning is like, oh, so you really got drunk yesterday. I'm like, but didn't you hear me? I'm trying to express myself,
0: Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a a really interesting point that you raise, that your experiences made you bitter and it changes the tone of your voice. Uh, And that can permeate into every conversation that you have. What was the moment that you realised that that tone was not going to serve you anymore, that you needed to shift that bitter tone?
1: Lisa, do you know that when you have been problems in your relationship and you're unhappy, sometimes you, when you're speaking to the kids, you're shouting. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. begin to family members, you're shouting. You're not talking. Mm. You're not talking because you're frustrated, you're angry. Until my mama to speak to me and say, you always shouting. I'm always shouting really yeah you're always shouting and i'm going back to this example is that i'm around people i'm worried about who is going to flirt with next and i'm not even i'm not even concentrating on enjoying myself my eyes are darting around the room i tell you lisa if you look at the person today and that person that was married you know what i mean going through emotional abuse and all that stuff i'm different
0: so you were in fight-and-flight mode essentially then, weren't you?
1: hmm
0: Constantly on the defensive. Yeah. Have you ever been afraid to speak your truth?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I always use this example as well uh, when we do in leadership uh, conferences is that, you know, It's different. Mm. Um, and I had to break out of that culture of we only seen and not heard, and every time I spoke up, in meetings with uh, male leaders they would be calling me names or who do you think you are even sometimes bitch you know on groups because an African woman must not talk you must just be seen and in some and in some countries some positions women are given that role but they really don't have a voice they just stay for show and that's why a lot of them get in trouble legal problems because there's things that are happening back door, and the next thing they're going to court because they're really not in charge. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you, you know, you said you said that African women are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. You now live in a country where that's not so much the case. However, there is still elements of that. There's elements of that across the world, right? Yeah. How this is a this is a culture that's been going on for hundreds of years you know probably all of the time how do you break through that belief system so you know that un- unconscious belief system that's always there what's your trigger to know oh I've slipped into that or do you still slip into that where you're you're really uh, what am I trying to say you're just afraid of breaking through that?
1: Um, I love your questions Mm -hmm. and I'm here to tell the truth there's certain uh, things that I still can't say because I'm afraid I'm afraid because um, I think uh, right now because of the policies rules and regulations that are constantly changing you've got to watch what you say especially in Africa it's not the same as in Australia So even as women, and and I think generally, everyone, you've just got to watch what you say. Africa is all about culture. So there's still some things that even though they're different in a developed country, you can't just say it even to your parents, you know, you have to respect your parents, you got to respect your elders. Do you know that in Africa, and everybody from Zimbabwe is watching me in the Shona culture, you cannot confront your elders, they're allowed, they're allowed, mm. you know, mm. to make mistakes and they're allowed, you know. Whereas in Australia, you like, no, 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 you call them out. Yeah, that's wrong, mum. Mm. I appreciate what you say there. But in Africa, uh, they're Sean, and they are my wako. You know, you got to respect her. Respect mm. your elders, you know.
0: There'd be some cultures that you want to actually retain, wouldn't there? There's some cultures that you you feel very deeply about. How do you define what to keep and what not to keep?
1: Oh, my goodness. I think that's the question. Do you know, um, I come from Zimbabwe, uh, a country with amazing culture. And sometimes I, I say to myself, I regret um coming to australia because of this 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 reason i look at my family members some of them the things that they're doing there's some good things that you can take away from your culture and then there's some things that um you know we say listen it's time to change things have changed technology is changing mm-hmm. but then when i look on social media and you see people in africa don't understand sometimes how social media works i mean all the nudes that are going on and they don't realize that these things are going to stay on the internet forever. People are looking at this for them to get jobs. And I mean, recently in Africa, in Zimbabwe, you had um, a video go viral, you know, of a sex video. It's starting in Africa, you know, and it's it's a big thing. And, you know, so a lot of change is happening. Some good, some bad. What do we keep? Mm. And um, it's hard to say.
0: It's really, really tough, and I, I work with a lot of different cultures, and I do find that while you're grateful to be here in Australia, that deep-seated connection to your roots, it's difficult to uh, be able to carry on what you'd like to keep and what, what you need to let go of. Has your voice physiologically or internally ever saved your life?
1: Yeah because um, how can I put it this way? My relationship never really got violent, but when when I talk about standing up for myself in the beginning, I couldn't do it, but in the end I did. Because now when I left, they obviously, uh, there was uh, at some point where you've got to come back home. And I just had to stand up for myself and say, listen, I'm moving on. But the most important thing for me was is that uh, I had to fight for my divorce settlement Mm -hmm. or else I wasn't going to survive in Australia. And I still have to fight for my daughter's uh, child support. I'm not even embarrassed to say it. It's a disgrace and for all the men that are watching that for that have to be begged and pleaded for them to support their children, shame on you.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had to fight and I and I got it, but through uh, an ugly battle and I didn't even get uh, what was due to me, you know, on the divorce settlement. I was untwisted and and I would say bullied to just accept what I was given. And that's life, isn't it? Mm. And uh, because of the legal system in Zimbabwe, the lawyer that he had, and I'm only in Australia. I mean, my kids can't even come to Australia now. That's the fact. And because he, uh, of the legal system there and the fights that we have, and I mean, it's just ugly. So, yeah.
0: If you hadn't had left... What would have been the ramifications for your daughters? Um, And their their voice moving forward.
1: Yeah. uh, Okay. Um, For me. and I'm just being very direct and honest. The fact that my daughter has grown up with me and she, she didn't have to, uh, I told you I left when she was nine months, she didn't have to see the ugliness of the relationship and think this is how a marriage is. Yeah. And plus, um, I'm, I'm not trying to make out my ex-partner as this wicked and horrible person, but that's not a good environment for any child and even a, a mom that's always unhappy and crying with a nervous breakdown. When I say nervous breakdown, I'll shake yeah. You even say to me, you shaking?" Mm-hmm. What do you think? <laughs> so back to uh, what you're saying. And I've, I've got an amazing daughter, um, uh, Whitney. She's 21. And uh, we talk about these things. Uh, unfortunately, she has not been able to come to Australia. It's been a struggle. I have to go and visit them. That's the fact. And that's the truth. And, but now she's at an age where she can travel, but because of COVID for the past two years, uh, I've been stuck here. And so she actually wants to, uh, she's doing psychology at university. And uh, she actually wants to address these issues because she also went on her journey because divorce is ugly. There's certain things that sh- kids go through. So because my daughter, my son, they were a bit older. And so there's certain things that they went through. So she wants to help. Um, youth that are going through uh, um, parents that are going through divorce, you know, so it's it's, it's turned out for our good in a way. Do
0: you like the sound of your own voice?
1: (laughs) No. I don't know if anybody likes the sound of their own voice because, you know, when you come here I really never really noticed the difference when I was in Zimbabwe, but it's, it's so obvious when I'm here. I meet people and some of them say to me, oh, I love your accent. I'm like, oh, I wish. Because <laughs> you've got to change it with, with different people that you speak to because some people can't really understand, understand you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've realized that you have to just be authentic and true to yourself. So I'm just myself.
0: I think your accent's completely fine. Uh, But what I do really love about your voice, and I think that's what's resonating for the listeners today, is every voice has a top, a middle, and a bottom. And particularly here in Australia, most women generally only use the mid to the top layer of the voice. And listening to your voice, you've got all three layers, which is really strong. And, And what's coming through in that is that, beautiful authoritative tone and you've got you're connected (laughs) to what some people perceive as a more masculine tone you're connected to that and that's really commanding have you ever thought of your voice like that
1: um in a way i actually get along more with um men Um, i have a lot of female friends though but i've got a a strong character it's because of um uh i think my destiny and the purpose and i truly believe that uh most of this is is for even where i'm going Mm -hmm. and and i have always say this because i'm a woman of faith is that my destiny a lot of people don't understand my drive and uh, they think i'm i'm I'm, I'm, you know what i mean i'm a a go-getter and i'm always but you know what i really have an assignment i'm 45 and I've got an assignment. I'm called to a people and a nation. I, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not the ordinary woman. Yes, I'm a success story. The awards, the accolades, it's not really what matters to me. Uh, I always say that uh, by the time I'm dead, Uh, The first thing that's going to be important to me is God saying, well done, good good and faithful servant. I walked in my purpose. I pray about that every day. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that I made a difference in women's lives. You know, I'm talking today not because I want to, uh, you know, uh, put somebody to shame. No, it's okay to be yourself and to talk about and share your story because your story is going to help another woman who's stuck. Right now, a woman's watching and she's stuck in a a terrible relationship because she's worried about what people are going to think. And she thinks she's not going to make it. You're going to make it, you know? Yes, you're going to go through a hard time. And that's the problem is that a lot of wealthy women, women that are comfortable, you don't want to struggle. I struggled so much. I'm still struggling. Australia is not a very easy country. Ask all my friends and people that are close to me. I'm a single mom and it's not easy, but guess what? I'm happier. Hmm. Not to say that I'll be single for too long.
0: Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that's going to change.
1: <laughs> yeah, soon, soon, soon. I'm actively dating. <laughs>
0: excellent, excellent. If Oprah's voice was a colour, what colour do you think it would be?
1: I think Oprah's voice, if it was a colour, it um, I would say it would be black. Not because uh, of anything dark and evil. But I think she is an advocate for the empowerment of black people. Mm. And so her voice would always speak to the black community and bring transformation and change in their lives. I mean, it will make a bigger and a greater impact rather than any other race, I believe.
0: So what colour do you think your voice is?
1: I think the same as well. Mm. Um, I am right now um working on promoting gender equality in africa It is actually going backwards it's 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 really bad and so i'd like to believe that my voice right now will bring transformation and change um my success story will help the ordinary women and give them a chance uh, to take up middle management roles in africa and yeah we're not talking only about zimbabwe we're talking about um, niger um, marishana um, nigeria some countries are doing so badly and we want to help. And it's not going to only take me, it's going to take government CEOs, uh, local heads of communities, you know. So I, I always say is that you need to find out who you call to. And sometimes it's surprising. Like I said to you, I received an award from Bahrain and I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always sharing, ministering and people are watching. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, Lisa, another thing is that it's not about the likes. You know, I've got a lot of different social media platforms. It just takes one person to see what you're doing to change your life. That's right.
0: That's right. You know, one of the greatest compliments, and I haven't shared this story on the podcast, but hearing you talk about Oprah and, and that it's black and that your voice is black and you're represent, representing the black community. I was working with a man from the Juilliard School in New York, and he said when I was singing, one day I was singing a Negro spiritual and uh, he said to me, "If I closed my eyes, I would think you are black." And it was the gracious compliment that I could ever have had, because I'm deeply, deeply affected by the resonant tone of and the suffering of the the black community across the world. I don't know why I'm super sensitive to it. Maybe in a past life I was black. I don't know. But it's posed a question in me today of if we took your accent away, I can still hear that you're black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and I think that yeah. there would be a lot of people that can hear that you're black as well yeah. without people even seeing you. Mm-hmm. Do you mind me asking, is that bias yes. that you get even in your voice, is it affected in your voice? Do you get pushback sometimes?
1: Well, I love your questions. <laughs> know you've asked me these questions before and I love it. Yeah, I had a terrible experience in Australia. I called a, a very high-class restaurant to book an event and because of my voice uh, you already could tell the attitude they didn't call me back and because who knows maybe they don't want black people doing events there i don't know um sometimes uh, when you call in for a it's usually for bookings and and for stuff uh bookings for events bookings for stuff and you can really tell the attitude you know on the other side of the line that listen i don't really have to be respectful i don't really have to call back this is probably somebody black
0: so, so, you're saying that just because you're forthright and you're very direct, mm-hmm. and they can sense that you are black or you're you're from South Africa, that they give the bias in that regard.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm from Southern Africa, but from Sorry. that's Southern okay. Africa. Everybody says it, Don't Sorry. worry.
0: Correct me. <laughs> yeah,
1: but not because I'm I'm very direct. Because when I'm when I'm calling, uh, it's just I'm calling a hotel and I'm saying to them, listen, um, which is what I did. I'm interested in doing an event at your hotel. Okay, um, uh, what's they, you? Give them a whole thirty minutes of your details, and then they never call you back. You know, or they're not even serious about it. Honestly,
0: that makes me want to cry because you know we're so focused on the fact that the the, the visual impact I think of being black but we're not thinking about the fact that you can't even make a phone call and get that a a booking I mean that's just insane yeah
1: Yeah. you know if we could talk about our experiences of just being black even if you're going you 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 also looking for accommodation sometimes and you ask for a form and people's attitudes towards you it's but you see the thing is that I, I always say to people that say Australians are racist here's the thing you also get some people coming from other countries that have now become Australian that have that mindset and they've gone through and they and, 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 and they and they just don't like black people but they're now australians and it's sad you see Mm so yeah
0: incredible the layers on the way that it's impacted impacted the black lives um across the world what woman's voice was the biggest influence in your life growing up
1: wow um I would say, okay, because I'm 45, but I would say uh, growing up, not so much, but I would say uh, between the ages of 20 and 30, definitely uh, Joyce Meyer Mm -hmm. and Banda Rice. I'll tell you why. Uh, Joyce Meyer uh, changed my life a lot. She's a Christian author and a Christian pastor. I read one of her books and, um, it just changed my life because she doesn't have a victim mentality. She was abused as a young girl for years by her father, but you know, she didn't sit back and feel sorry for herself. Didn't contact. I mean, so obviously she was bitter and angry and asked God, why did this happen? Hmm. But you know what? She decided "Listen, I'm going to make a life of myself. I'm going to turn my pain. Uh, around and inspire others and she's doing it till today, she forgave her father, uh, you know, forgiveness is everything, Condoleezza Rice, I remember when I was in my A-levels, I had a dream, I believe in dreams, and um, I had a dream and I was an advisor to a president, I won't tell you which president, it's, let it be a surprise in the future,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> and I had this dream and Ever since then, when I look at Condoleezza Rice, she was the first black woman uh, state uh, Secretary of State. She was the first woman uh, uh, security advisor in, in America. I just wanted to be like, I'd watch all the time. And I and I said to myself, if she can do it, I can do it. And so she's always been an inspiration. And now with uh, Kamala Harris is the first black woman um, vice president, she's inspiring me, you know. Oh,
0: look, I- I did a little hallelujah dance. <laughs> I, do, I do think that if there's any time in the in the history of the world that this is this is the moment that we can actually come up underneath her wing and just and just rise and make the change. How do you tell, tell us how you feel about having that that first woman?
1: Wow. Um, I love Kamala Harris and I'm blessed so much to have on the cover of our first issue of the presidential magazine. So she'll be featuring on there and that will be coming out uh, for the American special uh, first of July celebrations. Mm -hmm. And so she's such an inspiration. Actually, my, 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 my dream job is to work with her. You know but, uh, I've, I've been telling everyone. So anybody watching that can make it happen? I'm um, yeah,
0: I actually do know people that know her, that that know people know people and 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 they say that she really is one of the most beautiful human beings. and there's a gorgeous backstory to her story as well. um that I think I hope will people will become aware of and understand who she really is, because I think that she, you know when I first heard her speak, Again, see, I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't cry in this, but when I hear black voices, all I see is colour. And when I saw her or heard her speak, all I saw was rainbows and hope. So I just, I think it's really interesting that... You would even describe your voice as black, and I understand why, Mm -hmm. but I don't see it like that. Yeah. This amazing rainbow of colour. And so she just is the epitome of where I hope the movement goes to.
1: Yeah. I just can add is that one of my favourite moments with uh, Kamala Harris, I mean, that I've seen is when she said, excuse me, I'm speaking, Mr. President. I'm speaking. Do you know that that is somebody who's assertive? A good example of somebody who's assertive, who is standing up for herself, expressing her feelings, with no pressure to be perfect. You know what I mean? And no
0: and no no it doesn't have to be a a, a negative bitchy tone either. Yeah. It's yeah. just excuse me. I'm speaking. Yeah, that's all it has to be. There's no hate. There's no malice. There's no anything. Changed my life. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. That's that's beautiful. Do you suffer from the imposter syndrome in your head?
1: Um, I think the imposter syndrome. I think every every person at some point has suffered from the imposter freedom. Sorry, syndrome. You know, trying to be perfect. And Lisa, what's happening now with social media, we all need to be very careful of trying to be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And if if we post something and nobody likes it, then I've got to, I, I mean, then maybe they think I'm an imposter. Maybe they think that you have that self-doubt. Maybe I'm not good enough because that's what the imposter syndrome is all about. I'm not good enough. I've got to keep proving myself, you know? And so, and I, and I think we need to be careful in that likes have become a, 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 a way of a, a sense of approval for some people mm-hmm. uh, yes yeah 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 some people are addicted you know what I mean or if I don't get a certain amount of likes it means I'm it's just insane you know mm-hmm. and um, and some people are living a fake life you know uh, for me I only go back on Facebook 2020 I'm always on uh, LinkedIn I took a break and then uh, got back on. But it shouldn't be our whole life, you know. Go. Some people don't even go out there. They're now living on the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous. What tone do you speak to yourself in?
1: You know- Encouraging, loving. I had a defeated mindset long time ago and I would just be like, I can't do this. And uh, I call it the victim mentality mindset long time ago when I was unhappy. But now I speak to myself with an encouraging voice. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, you're an overcomer, you know. And um, I said that to myself, you know, in in difficult times. And after a while, I snap out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Give yourself a little kept talking off you go where do you believe your communication style comes from
1: Mm. i think uh my communication style definitely comes from the study of the word you know i am very spiritual and my philosophy also my philosophies come from that is that um love never fails you know forgive be quick to forgive uh love never fails and always believe the best in people always believe the best before you make judgments and and that's that's how i I choose to communicate Uh, i choose to uh when communicating with people i choose to be more understanding and i don't know what people are going through and i'll tell you something lisa is that when I was going through the hardest times and I couldn't deliver things on time and I couldn't, a lot of people didn't know what I was going through and I couldn't share because I was afraid of losing the opportunities, you see. So that's why I never judge before I understand. I ask first, you know, and I never say to somebody, you know what I mean? Let's take this opportunity away from them. I want to hear first. Mm. Do you know that... um, A lot of women, I just say today, a woman's going through uh, violence at home, uh, uh, gender-based violence at home. She has high chances of losing a job. But if companies can just support her and find out from her, how much time do you need? You know, it's a reality. It's not something that we're hiding from. And she's good. Mm. She's good at her job.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, for myself, I like to think, well I feel that there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual and I'm sensing from you you have a higher level of consciousness where do you sit in that world
1: <laughs> Well I'm not a pastor mm-hmm. um when I I think religion is is all about rules I guess rules and and regulations listen to me god is love that's the main central thing mm. and the more we love each other you know what i mean the better place that we will all be in you know mm. uh, because that's just basically my philosophy mm. is that we should just love one another
0: yeah my next question is where does your vocal inspiration come from and i again sense that you're a bit of a mediator in that you're channeling information and where to and ideas, is is that true? Mm, Can you repeat the question? From from the higher source, whether that be God or whether that be the universe.
1: Oh, okay. Um, For me, I pray every day, Uh, definitely for direction, uh, inspiration, guidance. I study the word I'm gonna be very factual to you is that I study the Bible a lot and most of the revelations, the wisdom that I get, obviously is from studying of the word. And I also read books I read a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and creating the balance between the two, the study of the word and and reading a lot. Yeah.
0: Thank you, because I think that's important information for people to. Understands that you are getting your inspiration from something outside of yourself. You're not. You're not here alone. And I think that's an important message for people to understand today: that you're never alone. Yeah, you're alone. What do you do to make sure that you're in the best possible physical condition that you can be for your leadership?
1: Yeah, you know when you don't exercise, uh, and uh, for me, it's definitely first thing prayer and exercise. And then the rest of your day just goes smoothly.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So you're, you're out there exercising all the time. Do you do anything for your voice?
1: I sing. Mm-hmm. I sing at church. You know, one thing that uh, people need to know about me is that I love praise and worship. Um Why say praise and worship? Because it's just—it's not uh, rock songs that I sing to in the morning. I'll sing to songs by Hillsong Church, Elevation. It lifts up my spirit. Some people do yoga for me. I praise, I worship, and I sing loud. I sing loud, a lot. <laughs>
0: now let's let's touch on that because that's 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 my world, right? You've just you've just yeah. tapped into something that. You're really raising your vibration by singing out loud and and being heard. That that is a way, and I want I want everyone to please listen to the tone that Hazel makes in her voice. That yes, it comes from her culture and her upbringing and her physical makeup, but it's also the fact that you share your voice, you're willing to share that vibration with the world and that strengthens your voice and you've got to be willing to be heard. Okay, whether it's the best singing voice in the world. (laughs) Okay, but that strengthens. You know, I grew up on a farm, and because I grew up on a farm, I was always hollering out to the horses or to the cows. I'd get up on the water tank and I'd sing out to the world. And I would imagine growing up where you have that, there's that element of projection that's also happening in in Africa.
1: Yeah, Lisa. Uh, there's a difference in singing a song in English and a song in Shauna. I can't explain mm. it to you because I our, our our language is Shauna. When I sing a song in Shauna, it's 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 deeper and has a, and has a deeper meaning to me. But when I sing it in English, that's yeah, okay. But there's something uh. that and that's why we dream in our, in our in our in our language. We don't dream in English sometimes. Sometimes we'll dream in English when God's trying to communicate in a certain way, and then we can dream in Shauna so that you really get a deep understanding of what he's trying to say to you.
0: Absolutely. And, look, I think language has a massive impact on the words that we use, the colour of the tone of the words that we use. And I know I know you know, and I mentioned Yelena Goss. She's a very good friend of mine. She's a Russian, very great influencer. And... You know, she says to me often there's no word in English that I can give yeah. <laughs> feeling that's behind this, and I would imagine that's the same with, with your language. Can I come to your church one day and listen?
1: Sure. Uh, we've got uh, a launch uh, next week on Sunday. I'll send you details. And I would really love that. I'd
0: love to just sit in that space and be washed with that vibration because that, for me, that lifts my soul as well.
1: Awesome, thank you.
0: Hazel, what advice would you give to help women reconnect to their voice?
1: Um, I think number one is to overcome their fears. A lot of women uh, want to use their voice to bring about transformation and change. I talked about this, that maybe going through gender-based violence or maybe even going through um, different things, you know, in society. And they're afraid. I think this is what... I love your show, is that people don't really understand Is that a lot of women, they just can't speak out of fear, mm. you know, and they need to use their voices. Mm. I'm so afraid, Lisa.
0: Can I, can I, you've said you, you need to overcome your fear. That's great. But for me, it's surface. What's mm. one thing that they can do to take action to face their fear and really step into it so that they've got to move past it?
1: Well, I always say that the 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 best thing to do to overcome your fear is just do that which you're afraid of doing. You know, um, if it's some people, it's a simple thing as going live for the first time online. Some people is planning an event. Some people is saying I'm leaving. I'm walking away. You know, they can't get out of that abusive relationship. Now, I'm not an advocate for divorce and people leaving their spouses. Oh no. You know, yeah. He's using voices, and and Lisa, the most important thing. No, you're not going to hurt me anymore. No, I'm not going to go through this abuse. I'll tell you a story. And someone's watching. I was so passive. Now we're talking about in the workplace. I was um, working with an organization, and every time I'd speak, I'd be bullied by one of the males in the meetings. Can you imagine? Every time I'd speak, he was intimidated by me intimidated just at 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 who i was and and my strengths and i remember uh just going into my shell and this is recently hey we all go through different levels of confrontation Mm. And someone said one of my mentors said to me what you have to overcome that situation you can't because i was afraid of this person because of their authority, because of who they were. And they said to me, if you do not face up and use your voice, this will go on for years and you cannot empower women and say you're you're an advocate for the empowerment of women. You know what happened? It was like, I don't know if you've experienced, it's like a blockage in your chest, you know? Uh It's a
0: blockage in the chakras, yeah.
1: Yeah, I went into the next meeting and guess what? He was about to... And I stood up for myself and I said to him, how dare you? I'm enough. You're always biting my head off. But lucky I put down all the statements down and had evidence. When I did this, you did this. And I, This is what I did afterwards. I was seeking. Yes, of course. I was,
0: but guess what? I spoke up. But that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, they've, you've released something in your body and it's going to release your, your adrenals. You're going to have a physical reaction to it, and that's okay. Don't be scared of that. And you said something really important in that, that you went in with an intention. You went in with an intention and you'd written down your responses. You must be prepared and you must yes. have the intention. The intention is not to belittle this person the intention is to be heard be authoritative and stand up for yourself but not only that stand up for the other people because if he's doing it to you he's going to be doing it to others and maybe just maybe he doesn't even know
1: exactly and so what i did the power in what i did was i did that and i said now please explain yourself what is it that makes you do this Mm. You know, you first of all, he, he got a shock mm. because I would
0: mm. challenge.
1: Yeah, but another thing, do you know why he did that? Sadly, Lisa was also because I wasn't uh, a Caucasian because I was black. Yes, you see,
0: well, you know, it, it would have been the same response for for a, a white girl. Uh, mm. He perhaps he <laughs> wouldn't have taken it, you know, quite so. Uh, Mm comprehensive, but it still would have been a similar um, feeling for for a girl, any girl. It doesn't matter what colour, race or religion you are. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yes, you're right. There there probably would have been a slightly different response. Uh, But in some ways, so you've got that beautiful, authoritative tone in your voice and your voice is already strong, your physical voice. (laughs) is important because this is where I talk about you know when I say to people I help women create a voice that supports their profile and they say well what do you mean by that and I said well have a look at your voice does it when you walk into that room or sit at that table is your voice supporting the profile that you've worked on for the last 20 or 30 years most of the time the answer is no, it doesn't. It lets you down. It shakes. It has the wrong inflections, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you are, I see, a slight advantage because <laughs> you have that beautiful depth, and you can tap into that, right? So uh, thank you for sharing, because I think that there's a there's a huge amount of um, value there for whoever's listening today.
1: And, 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 the, to, yeah, sorry. and the view. And you know what, Lisa? Have fun and laugh. Yes. You know, I was such a serious businesswoman in the past anyway. Now I laugh. You and I, we talk in business stories. We're laughing. Yes. I wouldn't be enjoying this interview if we're not laughing because, <laughs> yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously. Seriously, yes. Yeah.
0: Lighten up, lighten up and, you know, and, and yeah. if you need to bring humour into that and, and you know, standing up for yourself, then, then do so. Find whatever works for you. I think that that for me is the most important. And the other thing is, and I hope that you'll agree with this, facing your fear is one step at a time. Just do one yes. thing. One. Yes,
1: I love it. And, and you know what? I, I um, oh, I've I've got a lot of women in church. And can you allow me to share this? Sure, that, no. And I and I love the fact that you said you're coming to church. And it's not uh, this church that I'm talking about. But I've been in church, and a lot of women think that um, because I'm in church, I, I I don't really need to talk. You know what I mean? I I and they like robots. You know. And even when a a guy tries to talk to them, they, you know, can't even smile.
0: Wow.
1: No. Wow. There's there's so many ways that you can use your voice just to be friendly, smiling, you know, even in business. Lisa, we both know about uh, using your voice and communicating even eye contact. Everybody, it's important when we are talking that we need to have eye contact. And I've been telling the ladies, even in the church, when you're talking to somebody, if you look them in the eye, it doesn't mean that you lose. It doesn't. It means we're talking. I understand you. It's showing that I'm a passive person. You don't always have to look down when you're talking to people because they're thinking you're dishonest or you're hiding something.
0: Mm. Or you have an ill intention. And, yes. And I think, too, you know, just because you look a man in the eye doesn't mean that you have a desire for them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's the word. Yeah, and I'm like, no, you're a confident woman. Speak, yes. and speak with confidence. It's even with a job. Speak, use your voice with confidence. Mm.
0: Isn't
1: it? Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I know that you do a lot of speaking and you'll continue to do a lot of speaking and evoking inspiration across the world how do you want people to feel when you step off that stage or off that platform
1: definitely uh, i want them to feel um, encouraged that they can do anything they put their mind to mm-hmm. um but here's the thing: you only get uh, one chance at making a first impression. So I always say to people is that especially when we are live online, I mean you can, we can have notes here and there, you know what I mean you, know, you can never really tell what people are looking at. But you know, when you're going on stage, number one: be prepared. Be neat. Be tidy, because even in the first few seconds that you speak, what comes out of your mouth is important. And you can encourage people at the beginning, at the middle and at the end. So, in other words, deliver from the beginning to the end and ask yourself, what could have done better even afterwards? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. Yes, that's the structure that I use. And in singing, we say people are paying for the first, the middle and the last note. Yes. Be (laughs) conscious. (laughs) It's been an absolute delight to talk to you and I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours, but I want to wrap up now and ask you what's next for your voice and your business moving forward?
1: Okay, so um, as the founder of Harrington Publications Worldwide, uh, we've uh, opened a new chapter in our business and we are empowering women in Africa and that's with Lady African Power. I just realized after being asked to speak uh, last year, from between December and May this year, to many, many women's events, and after doing research that gender equality is going backwards in Africa. And I'm like, no, I, I do work in Africa. So we need to change that. Still be publishing magazines, but uh, definitely working with governments, lobbying for new policies and regulations that will empower women uh, it includes financial inclusion economic empowerment programs uh, south africa and rwanda are doing well but we're not where we should be lisa and mm-hmm. i believe that that's what i was born to do creating change and being an advocate for the empowerment of women in africa
0: mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to make sure that everyone can follow you and get access to your magazine, and I wish you every success in everything that you do, and I know that you're making an impact with everyone that comes into your path.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure being on your podcast. I've had so much fun, and I love being uh, on podcasts and interviews where we just have fun and we're just authentic and real. Yeah keeping it real. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Thank
0: you. Thanks for joining me today to strengthen your voice. You want to be heard and you deserve to be heard. We're here to make sure that the woman's voice is heard. I'm Lisa Lachlan-Bell and together we are the woman's voice. Thanks to our official sponsor, The Voice Draw. For more information on your voice, go to thewomansvoice.com.au.